And we're live here on Facebook. I'd like to welcome those listening in podcast land. And also, my buddy, Rich. Rich, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Mike. And uh, also, welcome to uh, all the folks catching us over on on the YouTube. I need to do that tonight. Yeah? yeah. Get caught up? Yeah, we're way behind. We're like a month behind. That's my bad. Wow. Maybe I'll work on that tonight. No wonder we can't get the YouTube numbers up. Yeah. That's or true. get YouTube. Get YouTube numbers. Man. But that's all right. They'll come eventually. Yeah. They'll come eventually. Okay, Rich, how's your week going? Oh, uh, you know, it wasn't too bad. Pretty normal week. Didn't really do much. Are you um, heartbroken? Heartbroken. Why? Why would I? Why would you say heartbroken? I mean, crazy things happened this week. Yeah. The Iowa a Hawkeyes bit. lost. A surprised. The Queen died. All sorts of craziness. Yeah, not not really much going on. We're gonna uh, go down to Brimfield tomorrow. Have our first NFL Red Zone experience. Oh, never watched the Red Zone channel. Uh, I think we get a pre. I don't know if this week we get a preview or normally uh, Sling does a preview once a year where you get it for the weekend or whatnot. But we normally so it, it, don't. It, use it'll it. be interesting though. So, yeah. Uh, so, so Mike, anything special? Anything special on your end over the in between from show to show? So the reason we are doing now is because uh, I went to Sioux City last night on a motorcycle ride with a buddy of mine and uh, drove back today. So we didn't get back until the afternoon, and then uh, with family stuff going on, it just didn't make sense to record until now. So. All right. Yeah, we, we, you know, we do these Saturday night specials every once in a while. Yeah, and what a special. We have the preview for the rest of the year. Football That's started. Right. We have stuff to talk. We have a game to have talked about. We have uh, a team. We have predictions to make. And, yep. uh, yeah, so we will be talking about uh the nfl this week so that's yeah that's right um the the weekends or the week started thursday so we'll talk about the first game and we'll also talk about uh the upcoming stuff uh for this week uh you don't have the game the thursday night game in the in the oh yeah i'll I'll get that in there well i'll get that we know what we we said um we also have our poll question to talk about. Rich, what are our other two headline topics to talk about? You know, Mike, we'll be going into the NASCAR corner as we got to talk about uh, Darlington in Kansas, as well as NASCAR returning to a um, an old track. Yeah, I so we're that, get a new so track. excited about that. We're going to get a new track on the um, on the schedule for next year. Yep. And Major League Baseball came out with some news that's uh gonna change the game from how it's being played currently a couple of Um, different things yeah yeah as well as uh the college football playoff expansion mike all those years of complaining saying it needed to be needed to be more than four teams yep i was finally did something about it all that and more but first rich let's Roll the intro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich. And we're back. Okay, Rich. Uh, like I said, we have a poll question to talk about. Um, this week's poll question, Jock Jam slash Stadium Songs, songs that you hear while you are at the stadium, um, not necessarily tied to a specific team, just random songs that they all that almost every time you go to a professional sporting event, you're going to hear. This week was Apache, a.k.a. Jump On It. Done. Dun dun dun, dun dun dun, and and what was our other one, Rich? A jump around, jump, jump, jump around, jump around. Yeah. So, uh, Rich, how did you vote? 
Um, I voted with jump around. Okay. Um, I uh, I voted for uh, jump around as well. Apparently, as the oh, wait was that this week's poll? Yes, it was. Yeah. So apparently, I voted as balls and sticks this week instead of as myself. No, I did. I voted as myself. Somebody voted for it as balls and sticks as well. I I, I don't will take recall. it away. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But uh, I took it away. So okay. it's two votes for jump around mm-hmm. and one vote for Apache. Jump on it. Jump on it. It says we had four votes, but I only okay. I don't know how that worked. Whatever. I uh, don't matter. We got a winner. That's what matters. We have a winner. Um, That's what matters. Yep. So this week, Mike. Um, you don't. You might not know the actual so- titles of these songs, but you know the chorus. And it's yeah. rock and roll part two, better always known as the Hey song. Hey. I knew that. That's the one. And uh, Blur, which in parentheses says song two, and that's the song of Woohoo. That's the one. Yep. Yep. I know both of those songs, actually. So. All right. Okay. But you don't know them as Blur and Rock and Roll Part 2. It's I, the Hey Song and Woohoo. I actually knew it as uh, as both of those, um, mostly because helping out with uh, the pep band in high school, mm-hmm. uh, I knew Rock and Roll Part 2. We did not do Burr or Song Number 2. Uh, but I knew it from just listening, like, it was when it was popular and stuff, so. Gotcha. All right, so that's going to go live 10 o'clock, hopefully okay. shortly after we get off uh, get off of air. So, Mike, do you see what's coming up next? Is it a left turn, Rich? It is, Mike, and what's after that? It's another left turn because we're heading into the NASCAR corner, presented by, as always, by Triple I Sports Cars Incorporated, Moline, Illinois. Check them out. At the, at their uh, in person on Fifth Avenue or on their eBay store. Once again, that is Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. Okay, Rich. Uh, this cookout Southern Five Hundred from Darlington was this week. Yeah. Um, Mike, our playoff drivers, you did better than me as Denny Hamlin uh, came in second place. My pick of Kyle Larson recovered. Recovered from some uh, miscues in an accident to come in yep. 12. Uh, non-playoff driver side, my pick of Eric Jones wins the race. Yeah. Due to some engine failures by the top two, um, by the by the race leaders in, in a course of like five laps. Yep. And your pick of Brad Keselowski came in seventh. Yeah. It, you know, seventh is a great spot. Like, I was not upset yeah. about it, but... Man, good job picking the winner, kind of. I mean, he, he was the winner. Yeah. So He was the winner. Okay. But it was being weird to see two drivers, same manufacturer, get knocked out of the race for engine failures all within like five laps of each other. Yeah. it's The hard part is that's not as unusual as you would think, Rich, where when it, the manufacturer's engines are all basically built in the same place. That's the only real difference. Like, the teams can do some other building on it. But, yeah, it's not unusual for that to happen. So, um, a lot of times, okay. if, if an engine goes bad, you'll hear, hey, these guys are wondering if, how their engine's doing. And if a second one goes bad, you're like, ooh, everybody in that manufacturer's camp is on edge as we as they wait for their engine to pop. Now, yeah, Mike, I, I wasn't going to, I'm not lying to you, Mike. I mean, I was waiting for Denny Hamlin's engine to go bad. I was so I could uh, pick up all three nervous. points. <laughs> That's what you need to do, but uh, you didn't get all three points. You only got two. I, I didn't. I got but, two out of three. Yeah, if you got keep... two out of three, and um, because, of, because it was Kyle Bush's having an engine failure, uh, that, that made my wife happy. She is yeah. an anti Kyle Bush fan. We have news on him in just a minute, but. Before we do that, let's get our tomorrow. They are in Kansas. Um, 
and for they the Hollywood Casino 400. Yeah. So Rich, for the playoff drivers, I pick first. So I yep. am picking Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. All right, Mike. Um, from what I was reading when setting up my fantasy lineup, it said go with the Toyotas. And um, so I'm going with the guy that's highest in the polls from uh, qualifying, and I'm going to go with Christopher Bell. Not a bad pick. Uh, the Toyotas do look hot this weekend, but, uh, you know, Chase Elliott has a knack for just coming in and, and pulling something off uh in the middle of in the middle of the the race and so look and for him to he do he almost well. needs to yeah. because i mean that that cushion that he had going into the playoffs as the playoff leader um isn't as isn't as a uh, big of a uh, advantage as it was um going into darlington yep with his uh with his accident yeah okay um so rich who are you picking for your non-playoff driver for my non-playoff driver, I'm going to stay in the Toyota camp, and I'm going to go Bubba Wallace. Ah, that's a good pick. Uh, I, too, will stay in the Toyota camp for that. But this time, I am picking Martin Truex Jr. Doesn't care about the playoffs anymore, so he can go all out. All he cares about is making a win. Look for him to do that this week. Yeah, and I mean, all during the uh, the Darlington race. I mean, they they weren't shy about saying that they're going to win. It doesn't matter whether we're in the playoffs or not. I'm still going to drive as if I am, and we're going to go out and try and win the race. Yeah, they, they all they care about is winning races, not uh, not playoff points for themselves. So, okay, in other news, uh, the All-Star race is going back or going to a place that we haven't raced at for some 30 years. That's right, Mike. They made the announcement that they are going to return to North Wilkesboro Speedway. I am excited. Um, I do remember watching, like, again, I, Rich Rich is a new NASCAR fan. I have been a NASCAR. I am. If, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't cover NASCAR on this, uh, on, on this podcast. And now that Rich has gotten into it, he couldn't think of not covering it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's pretty accurate, oh, and yeah. uh, and I, I do remember watching races at North North Wilkesboro. I am super excited. Um, they that track is a great track. I it's gonna be, man, it's gonna bring some tears to some people's eyes. Uh, the the entire world owes uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. a huge thank you. If it wasn't for him and his efforts to get this track back to a raceable speedway, we wouldn't have racing there. And then on top of it, like he just wanted to preserve it. And and um, so he, I don't. Do you know the story, Rich? Have you heard the whole story of how it came back to to life? I'm um, a little bit. I wasn't it one of the tracks that he featured on his uh, Peacock. Yeah, this peacock show of like reclaiming or finding. So that was part of it. But even beyond that, it was even it was even more than that. Rich, he um, he has for years. North North Wilkesboro is the reason that he brought that one, did that show. That's a hundred percent the reason he did that show. Um, but be before that, uh, he he literally got permission to go in there. And clean it up, if nothing more, so that the iRacing guys could go in and scan the track. He paid and bring it back to, and bring it back as a even if it was just for sim racing, he wanted to bring it back. That's how passionate he was about it, and so they did. They, they he got a bunch of people to come in and weed eat, and they had trees literal trees growing through the asphalt that they had to cut down and then put some smoother over they they literally you know that that driveway uh crack filler that you can buy Mm -hmm. that's what they used throughout the track because they didn't have a budget for this nobody he had money He, he put his own money into it and had some friends 
that got that got together and said this is what we're doing they cleaned up the track they went through and got killed all the weeds killed everything on the track surface cleaned up the track surface enough that you could then put that crack filler in put the crack filler in just to get to a point that they could scan it and then momentum started building and people were like we we want to see this track raceable again and they got the state of north carolina to give them a grant yep um as well to get the track back up to standard where they could have um, maybe like like the the regional races there, yeah. like your and they like were your funny car, your, uh, your funny cars, or your modifieds. And once they did uh, that as well, they were like, well, we we have got to the the community, the NASCAR community, especially us us old NASCAR fans, rallied around it and said, this is a place we need to go back to. And so it it became a passion project for so many uh, to see it back. Even if it's just for an exhibition race, um, I, I am more than happy to see this happen. This is probably the best thing NASCAR is doing for uh, for next year. I this 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 makes the Chicago Street Race look like a joke with how phenomenal and awesome this is. I can't. I am beyond excited. So, okay. Um, we have you were talking about Kyle Bush. There is some news you need to share with the people, Rich. Yeah, it, this is still a report. Nothing has been confirmed yet. As more details will come out on Tuesday, they said. But it's looking more and more like Kyle Bush will be moving to RCR, which is Richard Childress Racing. Yeah. So at this time. They don't know if that's going to be the number eight of Tyler Reddick or if they are going to field a third car and possibly have Tyler Reddick or Kyle Busch in that car instead. Yeah. And the story that I also read about it, this could have implications going all the way down to the truck series as Kyle Busch Motorsports could be switching from toyota to chevrolet which would increase chevrolet's presence in the truck series yeah it's gonna be that's gonna be a huge change uh it actually makes me like rcr a little less really yeah but you still got to do it for dale yeah you gotta do it finally not not a thing of rcr going and putting a family member in the yeah in the seat to fill the seat. Yep. Okay. Um, I it's exciting though. Well, I'm happy for him. It sh- hopefully it'll be a good fit. And if it's not, I hope that it doesn't cost RCR too much. Yeah. So we'll we'll probably talk about this again next week as we know more details as yep. far as what ride and what number Kyle will be in, or or if this is a I mean it is a report, so nothing's been confirmed yet. So yeah. more details to come. Okay. So, Mike, anything else in NASCAR? So, uh, with the playoffs be only being one race in, we'll probably talk about the standings next week. Yep. Of who's who needs to win to move on, and who's maybe too far below the cut line to uh, to move on. I, I so Mike, mean, um, yeah. let's go ahead and keep making left turns and go over to the baseball diamond for a quick pit stop. Yep. All right. So the Cubs went two and five from show to show. As uh, we're not counting Friday's Saturday's loss, since I, we weren't expecting to be um, recording Saturday night, so we're not going to count Saturday's loss against them. Um, so they took they took one against the Reds, and they got the opener against the Giants, didn't they, on Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that brings them to 58 and 81 overall, uh, third place in the division still. Although they are 23 games out and 18 and a half back of the wild card. Still, still not, not eliminated. eliminated. Not quite still yet. Still not eliminated. I think the A's and the Nationals, I think, are the only two teams to have been eliminated so far. But this week could get very close. Yeah, could get a little bit closer. We're only... So we both got it right because yep. we both said two wins last week. We only have 23 games left, right? Yep. Left in the season, so... At the end of this week, there's a good possibility. Um, yeah, if they lose tomorrow, that could guarantee 
that will guarantee they 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 are eliminated from the division. Right? Um, I'm not sure how all that works, because they really haven't, at least by uh, the standings on the MLB app, really doesn't indicate whether whether a team is out of the division standings yet, at least from what I'm seeing. Okay, I will. Um, Rich, give us but a recap as we're getting of how, closer. We do, how many games we have this week, so. All right, so this week uh, we got to we'll finish up on Sunday night baseball for some reason against the Giants, and then uh, they're going to go out to New York to face the struggling Mets for three games, and then come right back to Chicago and face the Rockies. I was exactly right. We have 23 games left. One more loss, and the Cubs cannot play or will not uh, will not win the division. Okay. Or a a win or a loss will guarantee a win for St. Louis or a loss for the Cubs will guarantee that the Cubs will not win the division. Hmm. Okay, that will eliminate them for that. Um, so Mike at eighty-one losses. You said they got twenty-three to go. Yeah, they are. So so I think it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna take a monumental collapse for them to get to the hundred loss mark. Ooh, yeah. So, but will they venture and get into having 95 losses? I... Th- okay. Because they're going to get into the 90s. Well, let's... Just how close to 100 are they going to get? Let's go with this week. How many wins are they going to get, Rich? I'm going to give them two. The Mets are struggling right now. They're in a little bit of a tailspin as they... The Mets are going to use have... us to get back into baseball get back in the hunt so i'm gonna say they're gonna win one game one game all right one game and that's gonna be it for the week then they have two three four five six seven eight or they have seven games seven games in a row by the way all tra- mm-hmm. uh two at home and then traveling the rest of the week next week or the week after. Okay, going into Miami and Pittsburgh. So that will help them because they're, they're going against the Marlins and the Pirates, the Pirates being a team that is worse than us. Um, and then they they, they got to face the Phillies who could be fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, I think that's going to be – I think that's – so I'm saying – that week. And then they, they get to play some October baseball, albeit meaningless October baseball, Two. as they get they finish out the season with the Reds. And so with who they got to play, I don't think that they're going to Get, I think they're, they might, they're not going to go 100 losses. I think they might get seven wins. will they go over wins. 95? I think they might get seven wins in the next 23, which gets them out of that, – that promises them not to hit 100 losses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, does, that, does that overall count today? Yes, that, that does account that, – that 81 – is not a show to show. I did do that, including okay. today's record. Today's then, game. then I will say if they lost. Um. Uh, da, da, da. um oh man, didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Um, let me think, Rich. I think they. Let's table this for next week to see how what happens this week when they uh, when they going through. I think they end up at ninety seven losses. As I look at it right now, ninety seven. They are going to flirt with that hundred loss. All right, I think they get all these twenty three games left. Since we do have to play other teams below 500 with the Rockies, the Marlins, the Pirates, the Reds, I think they could 
maybe get 10 or 11 wins out of the out of this here's the problem the reds and the pirates don't want to finish they would they will fight for third place in the division that's a moral victory for them correct yeah so they're going to play us harder than i think the cubs are going to play i think seven is where we're at i think all right we'll see seven wins we'll see how it all trails out um and maybe revisit the topic for how many losses they're going to be and uh, kind of may- maybe take this as a weekly question yep. until the season's over. Let's do it. Okay. All right, Mike. So some new other news came out of the MLB. Uh, minor leaguers voted to unionize. That's not the major leagues. The... That's only the minors. Okay, the minors. It's, it's still the, But now they are being represented by the Players, Players Association. Association. Okay. And the commissioner's office did not chose to recognize that Ooh. so they will be so really if another labor negotiation happens to where a strike happens now all of baseball could be shut down as yeah if the major league union votes to strike i'm sure that pressure would be on the minor leaguers to say well we represent you you're gonna strike right along with us yeah um I mean, in general, it happens that if the major leaguers strike, the minor leaguers join them, not because they want to, but because the minor leaguers don't know when they're going to actually be able to, like, where they're going to end up. And so they can't, there are major, there are minor guys that are technically minor leaguers that may end up on the major league roster. And so they don't they don't they strike as well because they know that those negotiations are on their behalf and so it tends to trickle down where it happens anyway but we will see what happens um it'll be interesting another oddity to come out we have lots of changes in baseball some good some bad some kind of ugly. Yeah. So, Rich. Major League Baseball. Here's what Go we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to rate. You, you have to rate because there's three major ones mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about. You have to decide whether you think it's good, bad, or ugly. The first one, 15-second pitch clock. Hmm. I think bad. I'm going to go indifferent. I want to, I kind of want to see if it, is it true how strict they are going to be about it. That's why I call it bad. Okay. Because the strictness for which that's going to be enforced is not going to be as is not going to be uniform and it's not going to be great uh with 20 seconds with a base runner on you get 20 extra you get five extra seconds but that's where it starts okay um number two uh oh and on that the hitter has to be in the batter's box and ready to go with eight seconds left otherwise it is not otherwise it's not against the pitcher and i believe they can call a strike again yeah it goes against the batter yeah i i like well the thing is i guess i like it from the perspective of i like the batter side of it i don't like the pitching the pitching side of it yeah i like that because i think that it gives them some stuff but again it's how the enforcement's going to actually work it will we'll have to see yeah i mean Um, does a does a player does a batter need to step out after every single pitch put his bat down just as Unbuckle his batting glove. Make sure it's tight. Buckle it back up. Get his batting stance back in there. Look at the side. Look for the sign. No. So on average, um, the current Statcast pitch tempo tracker, tracker, the average pitcher at 100 with 108 pitches or more, is 20 seconds. With the bases empty. 
that's that's a little rough. Mm-hmm. Either way, I don't like it. Um, that that's one where I'm going to be interested to see how it works, how it works out, which umpires are going to be enforcing it to where yep. if they're in the windup if they don't deliver the if they or if the batter's out so i think that's going to be the, i think this one could be integrated into the game to where it you're not even going to notice it if, if it's not going to be a big issue but in the first month of the season and the spring training i think you're you're going to see a lot of people and pitchers have to get used to it yep um all right, Mike, what's your second one that you want to talk about? Let's go with the shift. At the time of the pitch is thrown, there will be four infielders on the dirt, two on either side of second base. Players will be allowed to move as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hands. What is this going to do? Um, so first, good, bad, or ugly? As much as I said, stupid shift, that would have been a hit. Every time Anthony Rizzo pulled the ball right into the shift, he gets thrown out at second base, at first base, turning singles into outs. I've slowly come around to thinking this is a bad idea. Okay. Hitters need to learn to bat against the shift and return to hitting the ball the other way. I actually... The other way and being a complete hitter. 100% disagree. Okay. I think this is a good thing. It is not at all going to change the game. Because here's what's going to happen, Rich. You're going to have your third baseman and your shortstop are going to be one in front of the other just off second base. As soon as the ball is thrown, the shortstop is going to, or the third baseman is going to move over to the second base's normal position, and the second baseman will be where the shift player normally is. Hmm. It is not going to change you, a thing. So you're going to see infielders in motion as soon as the pitch is delivered. Yep. To get into to get into that right center, yeah, right, right in the shallow right center, and then for the shortstop to shift over from playing right behind second base to get into the position that he'd be in if the shift was still allowed. Yep. It's going to be, it's, it's not going to change a thing. The shift will still happen. It just will be called, it'll be turned into a moving shift. It's a good call because it's going to, at minimum, create more movement in the game, mm-hmm. which brings, quote unquote, excitement. It will be more fun. Now, what it also is going to do is it's when you f- see it the first couple of times, and I'm, I'm surprised people don't do it already, it will distract the, the batter. Because the batter is focused on the ball, and that's coming right behind, like right behind where the ball is coming from. A lot of times, the second base is either side of second base, right? So if there's a guy yeah. immediately upon the ball being released running behind the pitcher your peripherals are going to catch that and it's going to dart your focus for a split second it's going to be it's going to create more outs uh it's going to be good for the game more excitement yeah. more, more I, I don't know i i i mean as much as i there's times where i'm watching a game and my team hits right into the to the shift so be, uh, I, I still think a baseball player, you need to unlearn. They, they need to get away from that and return to hitting the ball to all fields and not selling out and going so pole heavy. I can I can understand that. So and then going I... pole, pole hitter. And as a defender, so you're going to tell me that I can't put out the best defensive alignment. You're going to tell me where I can position my hitter, my fielders. I won't say that. But I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. And I'm okay with it. Like, I don't like, part of me doesn't like it, but the other part of me says, it's going to happen anyway. Just deal with it. And it's going to be good for the game. It's going to bring movement and excitement. The same way that when you watch 
in arena league game and there's all that movement happening before the ball is snapped and that just bring like it just naturally brings more excitement to the game watch for that to happen in the major leagues yeah and i hope that does happen that you know there's going to be one team that's going to that's going to be something that i could see practiced oh yeah in in spring training to see all right or teams experimenting with it to see all right could we do this in a my in a major league game yeah and then once one team gets good at it you're gonna see everybody else follow suit the same way that the shift happened the the adoption Mm -hmm. of the shift uh, a team got good at set and 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 pulled their analytics out and said this is where the ball's going we're putting our guys exactly where the ball's gonna go if you're gonna if you want to try to get a hit off of us you're gonna have to bunt to to third base same thing's gonna happen so here's another thing, Mike. Would it? Would you see? Could you see a team? Because it says you can't do the the infielders can can only be positioned. Yeah. Could you see a team positioning their outfielders in a way to where everybody shifts over to where you have the right the right fielder coming in and playing in that shallow right, the center fielder going over into more right field, and the left fielder going going to center field. I am surprised that's not more often done. I personally, I am, because if if you look at the game, that those positions are much. The left fielder has become the little league right fielder in the shift, because the statistics say. There's nothing going on over there. Now, here's why you can't do that. If somebody puts the ball in play, even if it's a, a hard bunt down the third base line, your only defense against him getting a triple is your third baseman is, or the left fielder more playing in left center instead of left. Playing more left, left center left field alignment. and slightly shallow. And you can't, you can't have that guy there if, if you have the the outfield shifted. I think an outfield shift with a makes much more sense to me. But that's me. Right, okay, the and then the one, third rule: kickoffs. Oh, I wasn't even going to talk about that one. That one's whatever. I think that that one has a better has a more impact on the game. I think. Okay, but let kickoffs. Me know. So pickoffs are now considered one version of disengagement, which consists of any time that a pitcher makes a pickoff attempt, makes a pickoff, steps off the rubber, as well as the defense requesting time. Pitchers are allowed two disengagements per plate appearance without penalty. After the third one, the pitcher will be charged with a balk unless yeah. at least one offensive player advances. I don't, I think... I don't think that that is... I think that's a terrible... I. The, that one I don't even think should be even considered. I think that's a terrible thing. Um, so if you've got a, if so if you're an aggressive base stealing team, do you try and bait the pitcher into throwing over two times so you can have a much bigger lead, a much a, a much bigger lead on first base because you know that the guy can't throw over a third time. How many? Because you're going to go a bulk. How many you, you would draw a balk? How many times would Jackie Robinson get a balk? How many times would Ricky Henderson early Barry Bonds get a balk? Mm-hmm. Ricky Henderson, another great base dealer, Vince Coleman. By the way, if you already have your two disengagements done, isn't that basically just a free stolen base at that point? You're going to have a big lead. A big lead. Yeah. You're going to have so a huge lead. And do they do they say at what point it's considered the runner advancing? Because Oh yeah, a what defensive defensive indifference. What they're saying where is where he doesn't get the final, doesn't get the stolen base? Well, what they're no, what they're what they're saying here is is that if the player if 
So if he tries to pick him off as the player is quote unquote stealing, then it doesn't count. It's not a disengagement because the player advanced, right? Yeah. So so if so after at one pickoff, point he steals second base, so boop boop your disengagement thing. Re, uh, I don't know if that resets. That's the or next like question. It, yeah. Does that reset the disengagement allotments or or not? Does the next question again? This is another one of those things that you you wonder about. How so, I mean, far does he have to thing... go before he's considered advancing? How far of a lead can I get? Can I get 30 feet? Can I get 60 feet? Can I get 80 feet? And say, oh, I wasn't stealing. Like, yeah, I mean, at what well, point? Well, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, as a. No, go go ahead and finish your thought. I guess. At what point does that. does a leadoff become a player advancing? Because if it if you it, what we're seeing doesn't have it fully fully explained. So if he takes a lead of 40, 45 feet, that's half the halfway right. That's mm-hmm. halfway to second. You're on first. You're 45 feet of a of a leadoff. You're halfway to second. Is that considered the player advancing, quote unquote? Because if he if he throws and you aren't technically advanced, if if he throws to second base and you go over to first, now he's he's done a third disengagement. That's a bulk. You automatically get the base. Mm-hmm. So you're basically granting stolen bases once you have two pickoffs attempts. Period. Um, I, you have to have this advance this this rule. Uh, you have to have it slightly more defined. What I have for a yeah. definition doesn't have enough of a definition in order for me to understand at what point it becomes an advancement and at what point it's not. Which means. I can't really judge it, but there could be an argument that if you're 40 feet out, you're technically not closer to second base than you are to first. So take a 40-foot lead. There's no way the catcher's ever going to call it, get you out. And if the pitcher does anything other than pitch home, throw home, if he throws it home, you're gonna at forty feet. If you can't make it 40, 40 or fifty feet to get to second, but in that throwing time, you don't deserve to be a major leaguer. Okay. So, so when I first started thinking about this and reading about it, this almost seems like it was a rule that they came out of after playing a base, playing a video game. Because I could have swore, like in one of the versions of a of an MLB video game that I had, it would only let you do so many pickoffs. Yeah. And then it was, nope, you couldn't do that. Yeah. You couldn't do another pickoff until you got to the next batter. So. Yeah, I I don't like I, it. I, I, I don't I, I don't like it either. But I could see. I could see this bringing a lot more action into the game if it's going to bring stolen bases back. Stolen bases as being a priority. Yeah, I suppose. Again. But overall, I I don't like this one either. And Mike, the final one, bigger bases. Ugly. 18-inch bases are ugly. 15 to 18. 18-inch bases are ugly. 15 are pretty. That's the whole reason why I asked good, bad, and ugly was that I think it's ugly. I think a 15 and 18, 15 inches makes sense. 18 inches is doesn't but yeah it'll be interesting to see how they look on the field I don't I I don't see how this will affect anything either I mean if it I mean if their only reason for doing this is to have safer 
is to make the game safer. Yeah, it is. That's the only reason for it. It is 225 inches squared is a base. I that's what a base has always been. I don't or not always, but All right. So Mike, anything else on that or in baseball itself before we uh um go out to the gridiron, Mike? Nope. I think uh, I think we've exhausted that one. Let it let us head into the NFL. So this week we are um, talking about we are going to give you our preview for where who we think the championship the conference championships are and the Super Bowl. But first, Rich, we have to do a recap because we had a game, folks. Rich and I both had picked made these picks. I, I had made these picks prior to the game. As much as I didn't put it in there, I made the picks before, uh, and the game Thursday night did not affect this. But let's talk about a game that we we both predicted the Bills. The Bills came out looking like the team to beat in the NFL, uh, making the Rams look weak, breakable. Yeah, it really was. Was it too much of the moment? They they had a you had a pregame concert. You had an, you had a halftime show. Maybe it was the moment of being able to recognize last year's Super Bowl team. Yeah, and have to come out and perform on national television. Yeah, and I, get probably one of the best teams in the NFL this year having to play in that game against you. Yeah, it's the the Brown the uh, the Rams kind of came out kind of flat. Yeah. So either way, um, I think the, the Rams are going to um, – it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. It was an interesting matchup. Uh, I, I still think the Rams uh, – so I will say Matt Stafford's elbow looked okay. Didn't look like it was causing him any issues. But there were other holes in the, in the offense – that were noticeable at least this week. We'll see if they can clean those up. They have 10 days before their next game. Let's see what they can do with that. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of how I viewed the uh, the Rams this year, the, this week, as they, they were going up against a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. And they just didn't have it. So maybe if so, but yeah. I, I think they can get it back on track facing the Falcons in uh, in week two, though. I mean, it is the Falcons, so not a lot to worry about there, I don't think. We'll see. We'll preview. All right, Mike. So, so do you want to do predictions, or do you want to give our picks for week one in the NFL? For Let's go locks, ahead. upsets, and Thursday night football. Let's go ahead and make our predictions. So, uh, folks, if you don't know, if this is your first time uh, joining us for the NFL season, uh, we pick a lock of the week, an upset of the week, and then we give you our pick for the Bears and the Thursday night game. That means that the Thursday night game cannot be a lock of the week. The Bears game probably shouldn't be your lock or upset of the week. And um, in general, uh, yeah, it's just how we do it. Um, if you want to participate, this is a great time for us to let you know. Ooh that uh, if you would like to participate in the uh, the Pick'em that uh, Rich and I do every week, uh, you can join us. There are links in the description, um, or there have been, we've shared it a bunch on our pages. So get, get in those, join it, let's have some fun. So Rich, we are letting you pick first the lock of the week for week one. And okay. the upset of the week for week one. What is your pick for? Lo oh, right. so um, let so the before, people know how we, get a, how we determine what a lock, how we determine what a lock is, and more importantly, where the upset comes from. All right, a lock of the week is what we feel, in our opinion, is a can't miss win. A can't miss. There's no way. By the we way, betting on this game. We no, we would have complete confidence that this pick this was a this is a winner. This is not, however, any gambling advice. No. This is for not at all. 
informational and entertainment purposes only. No gambling advice. Okay, right. Rich, what is upset, an upset? An upset is on, we we use uh, Yahoo for our pick'em every week. So if the pick distribution of the team that we think is going to win is in the is lower than the majority we can consider that an upset pick as long as it is below 49 percent. yep so if it's a 50 50 split at the time that we go on air that does not qualify we cannot pick that as an upset pick. correct okay anything else so mike you before, say before we give our picks yep. um we got to give two shout outs mike because we have oh. two people that have joined our pick them yes we have revenge of the lake beast Yep. Um, who did make a pick on Thursday night? He picked the they picked the Rams, so they're they're already down a point. And we have Team McFeely. Yeah, Team I know McFeely. I know who both of those people are. Okay, Team McFeely did not make a pick on Thursday night, so he they may have That's joined. That's my Mike. fault. I didn't get him the oh. link until Friday. Oops. But he said he would have picked the Rams anyway. Okay, so no. Oh, Mike. No harm, no All right, harm. Mike. All right, so, Mike, we just we um, decided in the, in the uh, pre-show that I would get first picks for locks and upsets on the odd weeks. You will take the even weeks. Um, so I had first pick for the lock. And, and on week I, 17, because that would give you an unfair advantage. Or the, the, oh, no, never mind. They, there's the, a week 18. There's a week 18. I forgot. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. So I'm going to take the Colts over the Texans. I like that pick. I think that's a fairly size, fairly good lock of the week, as do the, the distributions. Um, and then I am picking the Titans over the Giants. Uh, yeah, the Giants have improved, but not that much. Yeah, I, I don't think the, the – I think that's a pretty safe uh, pick as well. Okay. Um as well. I mean, that'll be interesting to see what the new coaching staff brings to the team with uh, Brian Dable yeah. coming down, uh, coming in from Buffalo to be the new head coach. Uh, but I, I still don't think the Giants, probably the Giants are probably going to be in the bottom five of our uh, power rankings, which we'll talk about next week. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, on the upsets, um, I'm going to, in my opinion, I don't think there were too many upsets this week on the schedule for this week. So I'm going to go with one that I want to see happen, but I don't have much confidence in it. I'm going to go with the Vikings over the Packers. I like that pick. Uh, I actually picked that in the pick So I think it's actually a decent pick. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you're going to have how will the rookie receivers yeah. do with Aaron Rodgers under center, and he's probably lost his – Yep his most experienced guy that he knows coming back from the last year's team, Alan Lazard. Yeah. Uh, the other side of that whole equation is um, the the Packers are notorious for having a slow start. That's where the, the infamous relax quote comes from. Mm -hmm. A slow start. That's where Every every year or two, they have one of these where they they have a terrible start, and the team and and they're kind of due for it. It's been what four years, five years since the relax mm -hmm. happened. They're due for their slow start. It's normally one of these rebuild years that this year was. So let's. I, I think that's where we're going to be. I think that's a really good pick for for you, Rich. I actually like it better than mine. But mine is the Cowboys over the Bucks, which is going to make know, it even I, more interesting when I when we get to our predictions. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys have never beaten a team quarterback by Tom Brady. So mm -hmm. Tom Brady is undefeated against the Cowboys, but this has probably got got to be one of the worst offensive lines that Tom Brady has played behind. Yep. And the Cowboys have a pretty good defense. So I mean And one of the worst defenses he's played with. By the way, the other side of this, this is where I really think it it comes in. The Cowboys are in win now mode. They That's right. They have they've spent the money. Um their guys are on that they're they're their, their quarterback 
and their running back and some of their receivers are all on that that right before you hit that that late 20s early 30s cliff and i'm not saying it's really a cliff this is how it is viewed in the nfl where you start to get you start to hit that point where this is where you have to make something happen and if you don't you're kind of looked upon as a, a failure and so if they don't do something in the next year or two there may be some movement that could that that happens in in dallas and yeah uh, now the biggest problem that they have is who is their head coach yeah i was just about to go there because he's on a hot seat oh, is he on a and hot seat? you know that jerry jones would love to bring sean payton back yeah yeah he's got to wait a year to make it so that it wasn't tampering and he's got to get he's got to be able to talk new orleans into selling the, their option on him all those things but yeah my prediction right, is that he doesn't do great on Sunday night football and you're going to see him try to come back into the into coaching and it's going to be with Dallas and that's if the if the Cowboys can can show up this year and actually win and make a run in the playoffs I think you'll you'll see Mike McCarthy get another year but if he if they don't look for look for there to be uh, someone coming out of out of the studio and into the co- back to yeah. the head coaching position. So, so actually, if I remember correctly, I think Sean Payton is going to be a part-time analyst. Okay. For Fox. Oh, okay. I don't for remember. Fox. There were so many movements. This has been this is the uh, year no. of, of movements. Um, Rich, let's look at. We have the first week of the Bears. Oh, man, it's it's going to be a rough year. Rich, are you ready for it? No, we no, no, we I'm just not. got through. We're we're almost done with having to to talk about the Cubs being single digit wins or one straight line wins. Only one a win a week, maybe two if they're lucky. Uh, they're going to be done here in in a month, uh, and we won't have to talk about it anymore. But we do have to talk about the Bears, and it's going to be rough. We do, yeah. I mean, it's, if anything, I've always kind of had this really weird feeling that you can only have one good team in chicago a year yeah so it's obviously not the cubs this year it's not, not the, bears. Be the bears nobody's really talking about the blackhawks so is it the bulls hopefully. i don't know hopefully i don't know i we the might just be a terrible make the playoffs We're, we might know. just be a terrible city for sports this year and next year but yeah Okay. All right, so Bears, welcome the 49ers. Yeah. You can catch the game, uh, at least if you live in the Quad Cities, that is the, um, you'll get that as your early game on Fox. Yep. Mike, in, the, in our preseason rundown, we gave we both gave them a loss. Are you sticking with it? I, I see no reason not to, except there is one reason to have hope as a Bears fan. But, Rich, before I give that reason to have hope, what's your take? I'm going to stick with a loss. Yeah, I think San Francisco, no matter who's under center, that defense and running game could carry them to a victory to where the quarterback doesn't have to play hero ball and depend on him. Yeah, and that's, depend on depend on him. You you just San hit Francisco the nail, doesn't have to depend on him to get them a victory. You just hit the nail on the head. Their quarterback position. When was the last time when how many games has Trey Lance played since high school? Well, he, he was a starting quarterback in uh, in an FBS school in North Dakota. Yep. But he really didn't attempt too many passes at North Dakota either. By the and way. And he only played in two regular season games. In North Dakota. He he red he he redshirted his freshman year. Didn't start his his first year. And then he started one season. And then and then was eligible. So he rode one good season into being the number three, the third overall pick, being picked yeah. on potential. Yeah. This is the guy that San Francisco, this is why San Francisco signed Jimmy G to make him the largest paid backup in the NFL. I do not, I do not, we do not know how this is going to go. They're saying it's he's looking great, but 
I don't trust it, and I don't know if if you are a 49ers fan, if you should either. We do have a friend of the show that is a 49ers fan. A couple friends of mine that are, I would not be, I would not feel super confident. But if he turns out to be great, good for you. If he doesn't, you at least have Jimmy G as a backup. They will still win this week. <clears throat> gotcha. So, All right, Thursday night football, Mike, the debut of shows of the football program on Amazon Prime in Amazon Prime only. Yep. We'll see the Bolts go into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. So, Mike, yeah. are you taking the Chargers or the Chiefs? Taking the Chiefs. I'm going with the Bolts. I, I yeah. really like what they've done on defense in the offseason, uh, bringing in Khalil Mack, getting a healthy Darwin James back. And yeah. they got a lot of weapons on offense. Oh, they, they do. Justin Herbert. Herbert's gone into it, gone into Kansas City and beaten Patrick Mahomes in the past. Yeah, I think so I think he does it again. I think Patrick Mahomes has a chip on his shoulder. I think that's why you're going to see Kansas City come out and fight for a win. It's going to be an extremely good game. Probably the best game we've seen on Thursday night in well, since this last week, but in years. This is this will be the best uh I will say this will be the best Amazon Prime game like period either either the streaming only or whatever it's going to be the best amazon prime game that you will you will see uh in in five years in the last five years i will say it this will be the best thursday night game you've seen in the last five years okay so. All right, Mike. So those are our predictions for this week. Yep. Um, Mike, before we give our predictions for the conference championship games and a Super Bowl, uh, let's remind folks who we put into the playoffs. So across the NFC, Mike, you put the Cowboys, Packers, Buccaneers, Rams, Cardinals, Saints, and Panthers. I went with the Eagles, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Cardinals, Cowboys, and the Saints. Mike, who is your NFC champion? What's your NFC championship game matchup? Um, Rich, I am going to put the Buccaneers beating the Rams in the NFC. All right, Mike, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to give the same matchup, but I'm going to flip the outcome and I'm going to say the Rams go back to the Super Bowl. Okay. Because mostly because I don't really know. I, I, I don't know what other teams could make it other than the Rams or the Buccaneers. Yeah, I, I like so that. So that's why I'm going with it. Um, I So in the AFC, Rich, you and I both put the Bills. Uh, in the North, you put the Bengals. I put the Ravens. We both put the Colts, and we both put the Chiefs in the, in the South and West, respectively. Our number one wild card, both of us picked the Chargers. Our number two, we flip-flopped our NFC North. So you have the Ravens. I have the Bengals. And then yep. uh, the third one, you have the Dolphins. And I have the Titans. Yeah. Rich, who are you picking for your AFC Championship matchup and winner? I'm going to go Josh Allen against the Bills with over getting a victory and getting the Bills into the Super Bowl as they're going to beat the California kid, Justin Herbert, as um, the game being in Buffalo, there's no way the California kids are going to be able to come out there and do well. Okay. I am going to pick the Bills as well. However, I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on there. Look at what we can do, what we'll do lately tour. Um, that right. means we both have the Bills, you have the Rams, and I have the Buccaneers. Rich who wins the Super Bowl? I'm going to give it to the Bills. They're finally going to come through and get a Super Bowl uh, with Jim Kelly as an honorary captain. I like that as a pick. <laughs> um, I have a similar uh, type prediction, only different. Uh, I have the Bucks winning it over the Bills, and with that, Tom Brady walks off into the sunset and into the booth to get us to see what it's like for Fox. That is our prediction for the Super Bowl. Rich, 
we have a couple of things to talk about that we will wait on until next week for our quick hits as we are already gotcha. an hour and four minutes in. That's a good call, Mike. I was just about to ask for a time check uh, before we went into those topics. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, we have one reaction shout-out. A Solomon Stroop has liked the video. Thank you, Solomon, for joining us and liking. If you would like to get a shout-out on the show, join us over at facebook.com slash ballsandsix and uh, or like the page and uh, set us up for notifications uh, so that you get notified as we go live and help us uh, get people watching. So, yeah. Rich, if they're watching us on Facebook, what should they do if they want to take us in the car? If I do my job. Uh, yeah. Um, make sure to uh, look for Balls and Sticks wherever you find your other podcast that you subscribe to. And uh, whether that's on Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, um, Anchor.fm. I don't yep. know if that's one. If we do that at one anymore. Yeah, yeah Any, that's where we use. Anywhere where you can find your podcasts, uh, make sure to subscribe to us so you'll know when Mike posts these episodes and so you can uh, have them already downloaded and queued up ready to listen. Yeah. Ready to listen to you. So, Mike, in the odd event that they really, they're really not in the podcast that much, a, pla a podcast platform, and they don't like Facebook, where else can they find us? You can watch us on YouTube. Uh, Facebook or YouTube.com slash Balls and Sticks. Look for Rich and I playing baseball together. Okay, folks, with that being said, Rich, what's it time to do? Mike, let's go ahead and roll that outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa. This is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich. 